Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the What If Project podcast. My name is Glenn, Glenn Siepert. I'm your host, and this is episode number 195. Can you believe it? Five episodes away from number 200. I heard that when you hit 200 episodes, out of your speakers will fly confetti and glitter. That would be awesome. Not true, but I have five episodes to figure out how to make it true and how to make it happen we're almost there, but this, like I said, episode number 195, and uh, today we're talking to Brian Elaine, who helped edit a book called How to Heal Our Divides. Uh, this is a book of, I think it's 33 essays, and you have people in here writing like Brian McLaren, Shane Claiborne, Diana Butler-Bass, as well as some other voices that you may not have heard before. A lot of our previous guests who have been on this show uh, have some stuff in this book, but lots of new people as well. And now the book, I mean, seriously, what better time for you to have a book like this on your shelf? Um, the essays are short, very readable. Uh, but what the, what this book does is it, it shines a spotlight on the good that some people are really trying to do in the world because we hear all about the bad. We hear all about the divides, right? If you turn on the news, NBC, Fox, whatever, you're going to hear all about the division, and every side's got its own angle on the division. But you don't always hear about the people who are trying to heal the division. That's what this book is about. Uh, really practical things. And Brian talks about it in the episode, but what he wanted this book to be was almost like a big bucket of ideas that you could have, that if you're somebody who's passionate about healing the divides in our world, that you could reach into this bucket, grab something that intrigues you, and do something with it to heal the divides in your parts, your corner uh, of the universe. So really good stuff, political divides, religious divides, family divides, whatever. Uh, if you want to you want to erase the chasm <laughs> in between you or someone in an opposing side, uh, this book is going to give you some of the tools to do it. Really, really good stuff. I would highly recommend going to, to purchase it. Um, you will not be sorry. Also, you won't be sorry if you purchase my book, <laughs> Rethinking Everything. It's on Amazon.com, and it's really the story of my spiritual journey from black and white thinking, the world of fundamentalism, to this wild world of color that I find myself in uh, these days. And the book is doing well. Got lots of good feedback on it. I uh, haven't really gotten anything too negative about it. A couple people said a couple things, but nothing really too too crazy. Uh, the, a lot of people have found it helpful, which obviously was the goal. And I tried to be honest. I tried to have uh, be like an open book for people because lots of people have asked about my journey and what I believe. And so if you're one of those people, uh, read the book. <laughs> I answer the questions uh, in there. We explore the topics of hell, LGBTQ inclusion, uh, biblical inerrancy, and the cross and atonement. You know, just small things. Nothing nothing too big <laughs> do we address in the book. So head over to Amazon, pick it up. I'll put the notes uh, the notes in the show notes. I'll put the link to the book uh, in, in the show notes. Also in the show notes, Patreon. Buy me a coffee, two places to go to support the show financially. Uh, this is one of my jobs. Nowadays, I do the podcast. I do some social media for Alexander John Shia. Uh, for Choir Publishing, some other people as well. And so any money that you give for the podcast goes to help put food on the table, pay the bills, the mortgage, 
all the fun things that grown-ups <laughs> have to think about. And so I'll put the link to those things in the show notes as well. But all of that to say, oh, I'll also put in there the Heretic Shop because we got t-shirts, we got sweatshirts, we got all different sorts of heretical goodies in there to go and choose from. So all the links in the show notes, along with Brian's book, it's all there. But all that to say, this is episode number 195. My conversation with Brian Elaine. Let's heal the divides. Enjoy. I've been busy searching for you, yeah. Trying to figure out if it's true, true. Don't think that I've been played by a fool, yeah. Just mind don't buy, don't play by the rules. I'm gonna make sure that I play my cards right. Intuition gave me signs that everything is alright. Contemplating on my moves, I'm in a fight Under pressure, feel the walls, I'm moving in, it's getting tight, getting tight. The shuffle getting real. real, I hope it lives on something good I'm all in for the kill, kill. sometimes kill. it's getting kinda scary I'm here for the thrill, decisions on top of decisions Like I chose a pill, the bottle getting kinda empty Temptations made its presence in the air, it's kinda tempting Shortcuts after question, but it got on my attention Uh-oh, and I forgot, but did I mention Looks like I won the game, Hello, my friends, decision. and welcome back to the I show. Uh, today we're joined by my friend Brian Elaine, who helped compile and edit essays for a book called How to Heal Our Divides. And now the book contains essays by people like Brian McLaren, uh, Diana Butler-Bass, uh, Shane Claiborne, a bunch of people have been on the show. So, Brian, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, thanks for, for dropping by. Oh, thanks so much, Glenn. It's really a pleasure to speak with you. Definitely. So before we get too far into the book, uh, maybe tell us a little bit about your yourself and who are you and what do you do and how on earth did you get connected uh, to all of these great people <laughs> who are in this book? Well, it's it's it, it's an amazing story, honestly. Um, all the things I'm doing now are a second career for me. Uh, I spent most of my life in high tech. Mm-hmm. I have a master's degree in electrical engineering. I worked at Bell Laboratories many years ago. Wow. And then went back to school and got an MBA. And did a bunch of, you know, high tech startup businesses or, yeah. you know, large company things. And um, several years ago, one of my classmates from business school said, how would you like to come and work with me? I've got um, a couple of small companies I'd like you to help me run. And after I was there for a couple of years, he comes into my office one day and says, I've got a project I'd like you to work on. It's for my father-in-law, Frederick Beekner. And for people who are not familiar with Frederick Buechner, he um, published 40 some books over a period of decades. Mm-hmm. One was nominated for the Pulitzer Prize. One was nominated for the National Book Award. He's got like a dozen or so honorary degrees from all over the place. Mm-hmm. Highly gifted, highly respected writer. But he didn't um, do virtually anything in the way of self-promotion or marketing his entire career. So his family asked me to launch the Frederick Beekner Center and bring him online, introduce him to a new generation of readers. Mm. So that's how I got involved in this whole- Drag you know, him into the century, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, that's how I got involved in this whole spiritual publishing arena. Yeah. And um, five and a half years ago, I turned 60 and said, okay, what do I want to do the rest of my life? And started writing for your life. Basically to take what I learned and working for Mr. Beekner and help other spiritual writers. So Writing for Your Life does writing conferences. Mm. And we try to give away as much as we can in terms of articles and videos and guides and to help aspiring writers. Mm. Um, after I started that, one of the things I kept hearing was that writers of color are really underrepresented in terms of the number of books they're published. Sure. So I started another conference series called Publishing in Color, which is intended to foster relationships between writers of color and people from the spiritual publishing industry. Mm. So that's been going on since 2018. Um, the third major project that I launched two and a half years ago is called Compassionate Christianity, 
Um, you can find that at CompassionChristianity.org. And that's intended to be um, an online focal point for progressive Christians. And then the fourth major thing that I launched <laughs> is the book, uh, How to Heal Our Divides. And, yeah. uh, you know, I can, I can talk to you more about how that came about, but, mm-hmm. um, but those are the four main things that I do now. And I mean, quite frankly, I'm very grateful, very thankful that i've been able to do these things at this stage of my life yeah for sure you have a lot of uh, connections but yeah i am interested like how did this book come about was it your your idea was it kind of like a group idea like how did you get in touch because you have like 30 some odd essays i think in here like how did you get all these people together to work on this project well you know that's another kind of miracle i mean quite frankly um <laughs> I, I didn't even you know go looking to publish a book or anything like that yeah. um during the pandemic, I started doing all kinds of uh, video interviews with people, book launch interviews, because I knew that they were, couldn't go on book tours, you know, all right. my author friends. Yeah. Um, I also did another interview shoot series called Reading Hope in Trying Times, basically mm-hmm. people ma- making recommendations of books to read during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and, and I was doing some of that myself, um, reading a lot of books about anti-racism and religious divides, political divides, things like that. Um, but one of the things I was a little bit frustrated with was that I was reading all these great books about here's the history behind this issue mm-hmm. or trying to convince you that it's an issue or asking you to look inside yourself for your own biases, all really good things, but not much about what do we do about it. So between all those factors, I said to myself, well, you know, after the um, election, the 2020 election, I want to do something about overcoming the polarization that has been so yeah distinct stronger than i've ever seen in my life yeah and so i said okay well let me do a video interview series with some of these people these organizations that i'm finding out about Mm -hmm. that are actually doing something practical Mm -hmm. about healing different types of divides so first it was just going to be a video interview series and i said to myself well why don't i see if these folks would each write a chapter and put it into a book yeah so i I saw in, in the middle of november of last year i started socializing the idea with mm-hmm. a few different folks and uh, everything. Oh yeah, that's a great idea. You know, uh, people like Ryan McLaren would say, yeah, here's some suggestions of people that, you know, organizations that I know of, you know, that um, you could in- include in this. Yeah. By Christmas, I was oversubscribed. In other words, I had contacted a number of people about this idea and said, hey, would you like to you know, write a chapter in this book? And I already had more than what I had anticipated <laughs> right. looking for. Yeah. So I, I was kind of targeting 25 to 30. And as you said, I ended up at 33. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, I said, okay, well, I'm onto something here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to not, not just a video series, not just a book. I'm going to turn mm-hmm. this into a whole platform, meaning mm-hmm. website, social media, emails, all that kind of stuff. So that's what I started doing, you know, uh, at the end of last year. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. And, and the book, like who, what divides are we really, for our listeners, like what divides are we addressing? Are we addressing spiritual, political, family divides, all of the above? Like what's, who's the, who's the, the reader who this is geared towards? The types of divides. Mm-hmm. Uh, my priorities were things like racial divides, political divides, religious divides. I also included some on integration, uh, immigration, some on abilities, some on the LGBT divide. Um, because I thought those were all important as well. Yeah. But the main purpose of the book is not to convince anybody mm-hmm. that these divides exist. This is assuming people already understand. <laughs> we're aware. <laughs> but, right. but want to do something about it. Yeah. So the intent is to give folks a whole bunch of different choices of how yeah. they can get involved in all kinds of different organizations, all kinds of different ways. Yeah. Or 
use one of these as a role model to start something yourself. That's right. But, you know, again, the whole idea is very practical, very pragmatic, yeah. actually doing something, not pontificating, not theorizing, yeah. but actually doing something. To yeah. Help our country. And that's what I love about the book is that, you know, there were so many uh, things in there that are like springboards, like you said, for ideas, because like I was reading some things of like, oh, I never thought of that. Or I've thought about this issue a thousand times, but I never thought about it from this perspective and thinking about it from this person's perspective opens up so many other doors of possibility for what we can do to address this thing. So well done on the book, because honestly, like when I read it, I didn't feel like it was a how-to guide. I felt like it was more of a, you can do this kind of guide and really just kind of a tool in my hand. Yeah. Well, well thank you. Um, you know, anytime you're trying to title a book or brand a business, it's always <laughs> a challenge, right? I mean, yeah. I wanted to make it real clear that it was a very practical, you know, kind of thing, but you're right. It's not meant to be prescriptive. Yeah. You know, here's the to step by step, you know, ways that we're going to heal racial divides or something like that. I mean, that's just not, you know, practical. Right. <laughs> Three easy feasible. steps. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. If, if I had that answer, then I make sure I tell everyone about it. But, that's you know, right. it's, it's more, you know, these are all very difficult and tractable kinds of problems yeah. that we just have to chip away at one yeah. person at a time, you know, one conversation at a time. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know how else to do that other than, you know, some of these organizations are actually having training programs or political forums or mm -hmm. church suppers or, you know, whatever mm -hmm. to facilitate um, people talking to each other in a civil manner and helping to understand each other. And too, I mean, for our listeners, like a lot of people have approached me, especially now we're recording this during holiday time, it's going to drop after that. But like a lot of people have approached me and said like, you know, like my uncle Joe is coming over for dinner, you know, for Thanksgiving or Christmas. And, you know, he's got these beliefs and, you know, my, my parents are really argumentative about, you know, their, their, their love for Trump or, you know, being Republican, whatever, like, how, how do I address these kinds of things? And I, up till now, I've been like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, your guess is as good as mine. Like, it's really hard, but this book, not only does it give you like practical ideas about how to actually heal the divides like in the world, but really how to heal those divides at the family dinner table because there's just a lot of things like that you can bring up in a discussion that I as the reader haven't thought of but I can guarantee that my uncle Joe hasn't thought of either and so like if you can bring these <laughs> things into the into the conversation in a, in a non-argumentative way you can hopefully find some common ground which is a big theme in the book that I'll mention later that really impacted me but you can find some common ground with that person across the table that disagrees with you and have something in the conversation to kind of move you forward. Good. Well, I'm glad that you found that. Um, yeah. You know, we, um, you know, th th these types of things affect different people different ways, right? Yes. Um, yes. But just as an example, one of the organizations that is highlighted in the book is called Three Practices. And they have these uh, meetings called Three Practice Circles, where, you know, people from opposing viewpoints on some issue are brought together. Mm -hmm. And because of being highlighted in this book, they've had several people approach them and say, hey, I found out about your organization through How to Heal Our Divides. I'd like to be a facilitator yeah. of, you know, one, you know, one of your practice circles. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly the kind of thing I was hoping would happen would mm -hmm. be that, you know, people would come, you know, randomly out of nowhere, so to speak and find out about some of these different organizations and ask to get involved. That's so good. So what I want to do is I want to um, do what I'm going to call like an essay swap with you. So I was wondering if you could share with me, uh, what is your, there's 33 essays in here, but like, what is your 
favorite one um, and why? Maybe we can kind of dialogue around that. Then I'll share mine with you. We can maybe dialogue around that a little bit. Does that sound good? Well, I mean, you realize this is like asking someone to pick their favorite child. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm actually doing a thing right now uh, while we're recording this called uh, Instant Replay where I'm doing the, my top 20 episodes from the last three years. And I thought it was going to be easy, uh, but now I'm getting to the end. I'm like at number 17. I'm like, I still have 20 that I'd like to put in there. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I understand. But what's your favorite to kick it off? So, for us? Oh, yeah. so having said that, yeah, yeah. So, I, mean, I, you're, I will allow you to pin me down. Let me put it that way. <laughs> I don't always do that. Um, so I, I, again, I mean, I, I really honestly mean this in that I love all the contributions from all these people. Sure. I mean, I, I, I uh, was so pleased with with all of them. So mm-hmm. I, I don't want to, you know, diminish that in any way. Mm-hmm. But probably the one that meant the most at the end of the day to the success of the book was the one that Brian McLaren wrote mm-hmm. um, for a couple of different reasons. One is that, you know, he's a well-known person. So, you know, him and, and several of the other folks being uh, affiliated with the book, it means a lot. Yeah. Um, secondly, is that he wrote a great introduction. Mm-hmm. to set the stage for the rest of the book. Mm-hmm. And third, as I mentioned earlier, he introduced me to several of the people that ended up writing chapters in this book. Mm. So just from a pragmatic standpoint, you know, I mean, he, his contribution meant a huge amount to yeah. making this happen. Yeah. And what about the, like, what about, like, what's one idea in there that he wrote that really jumped out at you well i mean just i you know again this is kind of an umbrella book right sure, you know it's, sure. it's, it's 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 no it's recognizing that we've got a lot of different serious issues yep and you know brian has always struck me as a as a, as a peacemaker right i mm-hmm. mean he he is trying to do the right thing so to speak you know wh- yeah. wh- whether it's religiously or politically or individually mm-hmm. um so you know, I kind of uh, honestly think try to emulate some of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in everything that, that I try to do, mm. even though, you know, my personal characteristics, you know, my personality <laughs> might, you know, cause me to be a little bit more caustic or less patient or whatever, you know, in some of these kinds of situations. Um, he's a good role model for me to help, you know, bring me back and say, okay, that wouldn't be helpful, Brian, if you say that, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, Brian Elaine. Yeah. So, so that, that means a lot to me. Yeah. And Brian is somebody who, you know, to your point is a, he's a peacemaker. And I remember, I, I don't remember, I can't remember right now if I read it in this book or I read it in one of his other books, or maybe he said it to me, but we're talking about this idea of there being divides and talking about this idea of, feeling like you're on opposite sides and, you know, having a disagreement. And he said, like, one of the best ways that you can disarm a conversation that feels like it's getting out of control is when you feel that nudge that you want to jump at the other person and prove them wrong. You can kind of take a step back and say, hmm, like, I never thought of it that way. Would you mind explaining to me some more as to why you're so passionate about that idea? And I'm like, what a novel idea that is, because It's hard because inside, you know, you might be in a conversation that's kind of heated and your heart's racing and your ideas are gathering and you want to jump at this person. You want to jump across the divide and you want to grab them and you want to show them the way. But just to say, you know, recognize the humanity in them, that they're passionate about something. 
and to ask them if they could help you understand where their passion is coming from. He said often that will kind of bring the, the temperature of the conversation down and will help maybe guide that conversation in a different way. And I think that's incredibly wise advice. You know, I mean, if people do feel like they're being listened to, you know, even if they're being disagreed with, mm-hmm. I mean, that tends to make a huge difference. Yeah, I mean, we all have, you know, human needs. And I think one of those needs is we want to be heard. And so I think that sometimes when we do become so passionate about something, it's often because we want to be heard. Maybe we haven't felt heard in our past. Maybe we haven't felt heard in our lives. And so we, you know, take the instance in front of us, this conversation that we're having, we use this as our instance to be, I'm going to be heard. But if we can recognize that need, I think, I think your point, it helps uh, break down, break down some walls. But for me, I really like the essay by uh, Mark. Uh, how do I say his name? Mark Feldmeyer. Does that sound right? Yes. 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 He wrote an yes. essay called uh, Preaching, <clears throat> Preaching the Common Good. I liked it because I felt like he was talking about some things um, in the essay that a lot of people are not really talking about. And like one of the things that he said, he said two things that struck me. The first one is that uh, you, you can't heal your divides unless you can actually name what the divide is. Like, what is the issue? What is the, like pinpoint the issue as to what exactly it is that's, that's dividing us. Then also kind of like discover the common ground that we have. And can we work together on moving forward based upon that common ground? Because he really kind of made this argument that, you know, we might be divided, you and me might be divided on an issue. And we know what the division is, we can probably name that. But can we look at the flip side and try to figure out where is it that Brian and I have common ground? And then can we move forward from that common ground to address the division that's in front of us? I thought that was so novel, because like, nobody thinks about that. Like, you go back to the the holiday table, like your uncle Joe is across from you. Like all I can think about is all the things that he believes that I don't believe, but what can we do to find the common ground? And I think that that alone can disarm so much because if we can talk about what we agree on, then it makes it a little bit easier to trust one another to talk about things that we disagree on. So that was a really great idea from there. And the second thing that he said um, was that like research, talk about like research and like studies that have shown that like the vast amount of Americans are not as divided <laughs> as the media makes it sound like we are. And I was like, I don't Absolutely. believe at first I'm like, I don't believe that. But like, but then he he backed it up with some different things. But just that thought that, you know, if you watch the media, like you watch Fox News, NBC, whatever, whatever side it's on, they want you to think that there's these two sides and everybody's on one of these two sides. And we're all at war with each other. But he brought up this, this idea that, you know, we're, we're not as divided as we think. We have more commonality than the media wants us to think. And if we can recognize that, we can recognize that we all, sh- we have, all have a foot on, on something in the game. And we're all sharing some kind of thought in common somewhere. If we can discover what that is, it makes it a lot easier to have these, these conversations. So I really appreciated that essay. So, so the, um, I have to tell you the story of how that, Mm-hmm. essay got into the book <clears throat> um it's the result of a book that mark wrote uh that came mm-hmm. out last year called a house divided and mark is a pastor at united methodist church in uh, suburban denver mm-hmm. and the book was a result of a sermon series he did along oh. the same lines of what you read in that chapter in how to heal our lives mm-hmm. uh, he did a sermon series confronting all these different difficult issues and for each one, he took the same approach that he talked about in that chapter, 
where he tried to find some common ground that basically anybody on either side or whatever of, of a given issue would agree with mm. and use that as a starting point for discussion. Mm. So, uh, you know, back to my earlier comment about I was reading so many different books and so many of them were not very practical. Mm-hmm. Mark's book was the most practical mm. of any of the books that I had read, you know, uh, about various types of divides. So I said yeah. to myself, OK, well, I really need to talk to Mark to see if, you know, he would be willing to write a chapter in sure. this divides book because mm. he's doing exactly what I'm, you know, advocating. Yeah, that's really good. And I, I. I, I, I read that chapter probably two or three times because it was just, it's, it's, it's against, it goes the opposite of everything that, you know, we're taught. Like I went to seminary for a bunch of years and even in like our theology classes and things like that, like, you know, especially if it gets into like apologetics, it's all about trying to analyze the other person's argument and figure out a way that you can dismantle it, you know, to prove your point. And so really it's like wired into my brain and a lot of our listeners brains that like the idea is you have to show the other person why they're wrong. And I think it, that doesn't take as much effort as it does to try to figure out where there's common ground. And I think, you know, once you find that common ground, like you said, it's much easier to go forward. So I thought that was terrific. So next question is what, what do you think, like, what's the, what's the big aha moment that you had in the book? Like, obviously you, you, again, you gathered all these things together um, it's, you don't want to necessarily pinpoint one over the other, but like, what is, what, what idea did you take away from this book after editing it that you didn't really have before you got into the, uh, conception of the book, like before this book became a thing, what's an idea that you took away they didn't have before? Well, probably the biggest thing was what I was mentioning happened when I was first soliciting chapters for this, mm-hmm. you know, in that how quickly I found organizations that were doing something that I was looking for. They were healing some type of divide. Mm -hmm. So um, the fact that, you know, both both found the organizations and found the willingness to participate in this project, which was pretty quick. Mm. Um, The the rest of the story I didn't mention was that, you know, we started, I I didn't even talk to anybody until November about Mm. this. By December, end of December, we had already, you know, kind of locked in who was going to be writing in chapters. And then the book was published in May, right? So all those people, those 33 people delivered their chapters, they got them edited, we got the book laid out and the cover design and everything else, and had a book available in May. Yeah. So it was an incredibly fast-paced <laughs> effort. And, yeah. you know, the fact that we obviously independently published ourselves was what allowed it to come out mm-hmm. so quickly. But... Um, the fact that, you know, there were all these organizations. So, so of course, after I identified the first, you know, 33 or whatever, mm-hmm. I started learning about more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, back to, you know, what we hear in the nightly news or whatever, you know, we hear all the bad news. We don't even know about all these organizations that are doing all this good work. I hadn't heard of most of these organizations yeah. before I started investigating this. Yeah. Right. Like three practices, Arabon, Telos, you know, it goes on and on and on. And so, um, you know, that was a big aha for me was that yeah. there's all this stuff that's going on that we don't know about. And, you know, we got to surface it. We've got to build awareness around it mm. and give people some hope, too. That's the other part of it is, you know, we're bombarded with all the bad news. I mean, let's put a spotlight on some of the good things that people are doing. I mean, to your point, you know, the world isn't quite as bad as what it's portrayed to be, right? Yeah. I mean, we tend to see things in very black and white um, 
shades instead of the gray that is the reality. What are some of the, like, you know, you already mentioned one of the kind of organizations that, that are in this book, but for our listeners who are maybe wondering like what, you know, what, what kind of organizations are out there? Like what's, what's another one that comes to your mind from the book, like that somebody's out there doing good in the world to kind of heal these divides? Sure, sure. So, um, you know, there are a few different organizations that do racial reconciliation, mm-hmm. racial awareness, racial justice. So Arabon, um, the Absalom Jones Center for uh, Racial Healing in Atlanta, um, Roots of Justice. So if someone's interested in really diving more into racial justice, one of those organizations, you know, would be really good. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned Telos a moment ago. They do more what I would call experiential peacemaking trips. Mm-hmm. So basically they go to either Israel and Palestine or somewhere in Southern United States to kind of embed the group among warring factions, you know, at least in the case of the Middle East and try to people help people understand, you know, um, some of the peacemaking that's going on in those different arenas. So kind of like, you know, anytime I know in my own life, in the past, if I'm drawn out of my normal routine, mm-hmm. my normal environment, and plopped into some place that's different, um, it gives me more of an opportunity to learn. The whole yeah. experiential nature of this kind of stuff can't be uh, overestimated. Yeah, for sure. So if somebody picks so up this are- book, yeah, if somebody picks up the book though, and they find like an organization like that, like they read about the organization, they're interested in it, can they reach out to that organization? And oh, absolutely. Can they, yeah, can yeah. they get involved? Yeah. <clears throat> so within the book, at the end of each chapter, our website addresses, yep. you know, for each organization, um, you know, and, 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 you know, so you can visit the website on the How to Heal Our Divides website, too. Mm-hmm. There's the list of all the organizations, each with a link that talks a little bit about them and points them to their website or their Facebook page or Twitter or whatever. So what do we do then with all this material? So that's my kind of what I want to close with is, you know, there's 33 essays. And there's a ton of stuff in here. And I guess my, my question would be twofold is number one, what are you doing with this material? Like in your personal life, like how are you applying it? But then secondly, like somebody picks up this book, they read all these things. Like I did, like I read all this stuff. I have all these ideas. I have all these thoughts. Like what, what do I do to, to take this information and to apply it to my life, to my immediate world in some sense, to the larger world in a larger sense? Like what are your thoughts about taking things away from this book and actually applying it? Well, so the first thing I would suggest is pick one and see if you can get involved. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like so many things are on Zoom now. Yeah. Right. So several <laughs> of these organizations that had been doing a lot of in-person, you know, yeah. sessions converted them all to Zoom. Mm-hmm. So you can do a three, three practices circle on Zoom as an example. Mm. Uh, many of the other organizations you can get involved, you know, remotely where, you know, that might've not been possible in the past. So that would be my number one suggestion is pick one that you're really interested in, you're really passionate about, you want to contribute to, and then go get involved. Mm. Um, so, um, so that would be, you know, my number one suggestion mm. for me, what I'm doing now is working on a second book mm. um, because I mentioned before that, you know, I learned about many other organizations that, you know, were doing wonderful things that were not included in the first book. Mm. So I'm in the process of, um, you know, creating a second book. And, and as I mentioned earlier, I mean, I, I'm hoping this is like an ongoing platform, you know, not just one book, not just a flash in the pan. I, I want to try to extend the impact mm. 
to build awareness about more organizations, you know, that are doing really good things, get more people involved in them and, you know, figure out additional avenues that um, we can use to, you know, help give hope, help give people an opportunity to try to make our country, make our society better. Yeah, that's, that's good. And I think, no, I think for our listeners, that, that's a huge piece because when I picked up the book, I honestly wasn't sure what to expect. Like I, I obviously saw a lot of names on the cover that I, that I knew of Brian McLaren's on there, uh, Shane Claiborne, Diana Butler Bass. And so I was like, oh, they're going to write essays to give me thought provoking things, you know, about healing the divides. But, you know, it, it's really like, I feel like we're not doing the book much justice. If, like you said, we don't take away something and do something with it. And I think like you, you might not be able to do it to the, at the level that these organizations are doing it because they've been doing it for a long time. They have a lot of volunteers, but like you said, you can hop on a zoom thing and you can take some of the ideas in the book and you can apply it to your small circle of friends, your small circle of a tribe, and you can start doing some of the stuff in your own world. And if more people do that, uh, it's obviously going to have a much bigger impact. So I think the, exactly. the, the takeaway for me from this book was just take something, take an idea and just do something, do something with it. Exactly. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. I mean, for people who are entrepreneurial, you know, they yeah. go, go start something new. Yeah. You know, use one of these as a role model and go, you know, build your own nonprofit or even, you know, your own organization within your church or whatever, you know, the situation that you're in allows, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's kind of surprising how we can find ourselves in unexpected situations where we actually can do something. Yeah. Um, I mentioned earlier that, you know, one of the platforms that I launched is called Publishing in Color, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I kept hearing that there was this issue, you know, of authors of color being underrepresented in terms of number of books get published, yeah. particularly within the spiritual slash Christian arena. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, well, you know, I'm not a, a literary agent. I'm not a publishing mm-hmm. house executive. I'm not an editor. Um, I'm not even an author, <laughs> really. <laughs> um, but everywhere I've ever been in business, so much is dependent upon who you know. Yeah. You know, who knows you? And I said, well, I do know I put on conferences and I can foster relationships between people in the publishing industry and, and writers of color. And oh, you know, guess what? We've been doing this since 2018. We've got all kinds of new books that have come out or magazine articles or Mm. contributors to other books and things like that. Mm. And so that just started out of thin air. Yeah. You know, there was nothing like that. And I started Mm. asking around to say, hey, people, you know, I've got this idea. Do you know anybody who's already doing something like this? Everybody said, no, that's a great idea. There's nothing like it exists. So, Mm. you know, it's kind of surprising that in the, whatever business, whatever industry, whatever environment, whatever group of people that you happen to be in, there's probably some opportunity that is sitting there waiting that, you know, you hadn't thought of. Yeah. Maybe, you know, the book will help you think of something Mm. that you wouldn't have otherwise that you can just go start. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, that that's a really good point. And I think it makes me think too, that like in our culture, even some of us, the way that we're brought up, you know, we're just, we're just wired into us to think about the things that we can't do, you know, to see what somebody else is doing. Well, I could never do that because I don't have this, this, or this, you know, and especially in the world of social media, 
where everything is glamorized because you all you see is the the highlight reel of not just everybody's lives, but even like businesses. Like, you know, you see these great organizations snapping these photos on Instagram of, you know, helping all these people doing all these things. Like, that's just so amazing. I'm just a guy working a retail job, doing whatever. Like I could never do something like that. But I think that if you can flip the script, so to speak, and you can start thinking about, okay, we all know the things that we can't do, but what can I do with what I have now to start addressing this issue that for whatever reason, like I read in this book, and it sparks something inside of me, what can I do to, to address that, that thing? And like you said, it could lead to look what you're doing. I mean, you're doing all these great, amazing things that started really from nothing. And here you are doing these things and you got these books that are coming out another one in the work. Like this is all fantastic things that all started because you wondered what you could do. Well, thank you. It's been a real blessing for me, honestly, to be able to do this kind of stuff at this stage of my life. I'm very yeah, thankful. that's really good. Hey, we're just nearing the end of our time, but I wanted to ask you, um, first of all, will you come back? Because I'd like to do some more conversations with you because I have well, some, more, have some more things I'd like to talk to you about. Uh, but number two, and I'm also would like to pick your brain too about, I think for our listeners as well, just about writing and publishing, because I think that would make a really good conversation because I'm working on a, a self-published book as well that's going to be coming out soon. But I have a lot of people who have approached me asking about different things about writing. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I just try to figure it out as I go. So I think somebody like you, we could have a really good conversation about that. Uh, sure. But where can people go? Where can people, what's the best place for people to go to discover a little bit more of your work online? Cause I did a search on podcasts and a whole bunch of things came up <laughs> for you on podcasts. So where's the best place for somebody to go to learn more about, about Brian? Well, certainly for How to Heal Our Divides, the book mm-hmm. and that whole effort, you can go to howtohealourdivides.com. So mm-hmm. each one, you know, each word just concatenated, um, howtohealourdivides.com. That has uh, a listing of all the organizations that are featured in the books, all the people who contributed to the book, how you can order it. There's a discussion guide. We didn't even talk about the discussion guide. Yeah. Um, there's uh, That's organized into four, six, or eight-week group discussions mm. uh, to to go through the book um there's the free pdf of that available on the website or if you want to order a print copy you can do that as well um so the three other projects writing for your life is kind of the main focal point for the spiritual writer effort that i do mm-hmm. publishing in color is like a subset of that so writingforyourlife.com is the one that's got all the resources for spiritual writers publishing is the one that has the uh, conferences for writers of color and then finally, CompassionateChristianity.org um, is a focal point for progressive Christians. And uh, I will, you know, give a shout out to a webinar series we're going to be doing in the second half of January um, that will be uh, panelists. It'll be a sequence of four different webinars, each of which has got three panelists, where we're going to talk about, you know, what are some of the big issues that, you know, we should be paying attention to yeah. as progressive Christians, and mm-hmm. you know, what are some books that. Uh, you're reading, not that you wrote, but you're reading by other people um, that you would recommend. So things like that. That's awesome. Well, I will put the, I will compile those links together. I'll put them in the show notes and I will share them far and wide. So thank you so much, Brian, for your time. And this has been a lot of fun. Well, thanks so much, Glenn. Really appreciate speaking with you. Thank you, sir. Everyone for an exchange, trying to make a little change. Coming up on the tray, take that to the bank. Yeah, make sure you maintain. Little money make you dance. Climbing up on the chain, yeah. Number one on the ranks. Everyone for an exchange. Trying to make a little change. Coming up on the trade. Take that to the bank, yeah. Make sure you maintain. 
Little money make it dance. Climbing up on the chain, yeah. Number one on the rear. Here go my plate, I collect. I'm taking whatever I get. I'm constantly chasing the check. Make sure my mental is check. One thing I can never forget. I'm seeking for financial freedom, I'm set. Can settle for nothing or less. I'm not the one to finesse. About to be primes, no to for shade, ignore the dodge. Over here popping, I done came up and I'm moving these columns. One click, then boom. Money transforms zoom. Bank accounts start to bloom. No need to assume. Ever want for an exchange? Trying to make a little change. Coming up on the tray. Take that to the bank, yeah. Make sure you maintain. Little money make you dance. Climbing up on the chain, yeah. Number one on the rank. Everyone for an exchange. Trying to make a little change. Coming up on the tray. Take that to the bank, yeah. Make sure you maintain. Little money make you dance. Climbing up on the chain, yeah. Number one on the rank. Celebrate, it's a good day, I'm getting paid On a new level, it's in my face Throwing in bags, I need to save It's on lot, washing my back as it's hot The numbers, I'm moving the stock No time to waste on the clock I'm hitting the big on my way to the top Make sure my family are good I'm sharing the walk cause it's equal to lot We got got hands in the pot The motto is we all we got Huh, the ones who died to do everything that I forgot It's all love, I'm in it to win it Either you win it or not Everyone for an exchange, trying to make a little change. Coming up on the tray, take that to the bank, yeah. Make sure you maintain. Little money make you dance. Climbing up on the chain, yeah. Number one on the rank. Everyone for an exchange, trying to make a little change. Coming up on the tray, take that to the bank, yeah. Make sure you maintain. Little money make you dance. Climbing up on the chain, yeah. Number one on the rank.